You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here on Cause and Effect. I want to share with you... Um, that this episode uh, was one of the very first episodes um, that we actually did here on the Broadway Podcast Network. And this episode was actually done in the studio in March before the pandemic even happened. And so what I just wanted to tell you is the rest of the episodes that are on this podcast are going to be what our lives have been like uh, once we had to start experiencing what we've all gone through together. So please stay tuned for everything that's ahead. Thank you. Here we go, Sherry. Let Sherry baby rock your soul. She's gonna help you break the mold. She's super magic, truth be told. Ooh, oh, oh, lots and lots of musical Spirituality, conviviality, sexuality, quality time on the air, quality time on the air, quality time on the air, with Sherry, cause and effect. Oh my God. So I'm so excited to be here. Oh my God. I'm here with Virginia Child. And, um, you know, I was very, very taken by Virginia on the subway (laughs) when she came up to me and introduced herself. And, um, and now we're actually friends, I would say creative collaborators, friends and family to a certain extent, um, in a lot of different ways. So Virginia, happy to have you here. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is truly mine. We're really excited to have you on Cause and Effect because I feel like you are causing an effect. And so what I want to do is um, sort of just start from the beginning of you came here as a young professional musical theater performer because you are a, a really, truly multifaceted human being that's really having a huge impact on uh, our energy in the world, I would say, on the life of uh, the way that we are in this world. Okay, let me start from the beginning. Virginia, I think that you, what you're doing as a human being in the wor- in this world right now is, I think you're a great role model. And so what I want you to do is start at the beginning for me. And I want you to tell everybody about your sort of your first trip to New York City and the big city of dreams um, as a musical theater performer. And just start sharing with us sort of, if you don't mind, how that started to shift and change. So as a musical theater performer, how, how old were you when you got here? 
Um, I was 18. Uh-huh. My parents dropped me off. Um, <laughs> I had just actually worked a professional season at um, Cherry County Playhouse, which actually doesn't exist anymore, but they closed <laughs> 14 years ago. And um, I, my parents dropped me off August 28th, 2001, and um, 9-11 was my first day of classes at CAP 21. So that was a Cap 21 professional summer musical theater program? No, this was the the full, the whole enchilada share. So you were here when 9-11 happened. That meant you were downtown when it happened. Yes, I was on 18 West 18th Street. So that alone, you know, of course, is traumatic. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So at that point, were you like, what do I do with myself? Yes. Um, I tried to stick it out, and I kept saying, you know... Oh, you can do it. You can do it. You know, you're Virginia. You can do, you know, you just got to put on a good face. You just got to put on a good face. And underneath I was absolutely crumbling. Did you find that everybody else around you was also crumbling or did you find because, and I'm going to already start speaking openly about this because you and I are simpatico about this, but because you already kind of were built with uh, mental health issues. Already built with mental health issues. Do you find that that one was sort of felt like the icing on the cake? Yes. That was one icing on one cake. Yeah, exactly. That was icing on one cupcake (laughs) in a 12 (laughs) cupcake batch. Wow. (laughs) Wow. So at that point, so then I um, decided to get out of New York City and uh-huh. I went back to Michigan where I'm from and I studied Spanish and women's studies at a small Christian liberal arts college in West Michigan. Wow. And very big change from New York City, of course. Yeah. And at um, yeah, so I ended up graduating from there December 2005, and then January 2006, I moved back to the city, booked a show my third week year, got my equity <laughs> card, and then did the show, and then was like, I don't know how to audition. I don't know anyone in the city. I mean, this is like before phones, like <laughs> smartphones, got all the things. So anyway, and then from there is actually when I met you. And um, wow. yeah, with a, an amazing mentor of mine, Jen Waldman. Uh, yeah, Jen Waldman is also my mentor. And yeah, I mean, truly. And like, so that was how many years ago was that? That'd be 13 years ago. 13 years ago. Now, at this point, I'm going to ask, go back to the same question. While you were away at school, mm-hmm. had you ever identified any of the mental health issues that you had already had or that came up from 9-11? Yes. So that's a great question. When I left NYU, I took a year off. I took a gap year. So I didn't even like finish the semester. Like I left probably the 28th of September and was like taking the rest of the year off. And so during that time, my mom had the wisdom to say, something's not right. She's really having a hard time. She needs to see a therapist. So I saw a child and adolescent therapist. And what do you consider a hard time? (laughs) <laughs> when your mom was saying, hey, she's having a hard time. Well, that's kind of how we handle things in the Midwest. <laughs> you know, it's That's like, all you say. That's all you say. She's having a hard time. Now my, or as my mom says, I didn't say. I didn't say. I didn't say. She didn't say. I didn't say. So I yep. just took her word yep. as gospel. And yep. did you go into counseling at that point? I did. Okay. I did. And um, I was put on a, this is actually full circle. Um, I was put on a an, an um, anti-anxiety medication uh, called Paxil. And mm-hmm. it 
was a horrible drug for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure it worked for many people. But um, then when I moved back to the city after I... Um, did a contract, I was like, oh, well, I'm feeling better. And I didn't realize I was in the middle of a mental health crisis. I didn't know it. <gasps> Do you think until... it was because you were medicated and that particular kind of medication exactly. didn't connect you to yourself? It wasn't the right type of medication yeah. because I don't just have anxiety. I have type 2 bipolar disorder and a slew of other issues that just had never been addressed. And so when I went off that <laughs> I <love> medication... <laughs> I just love... <laughs> You're incredible. Just a slew of medication where it's you know it's taken me six years to find the right combination and the right diagnoses because there was just a lot to unravel right during that time but there I was split and this goes back to DID but I was split and so part so of me just was going like, back to DID because I, I asked you if I could speak to you on DID before we even sat down here because yeah. that's that is what your formal diagnosis is is that or one of them yeah um and for anybody who doesn't know that's a, a dissociative identity disorder, which was formerly known as multiple personality disorder, which has been a real mystery to people, right? Everybody hears those things and they think, oh, I got voices in my head and there's people talking to me and it's not that at all. So that's another reason why I'm so psyched that you're here is because I think you can dismantle that with me, especially because I'm somebody who has PTSD. I have thoroughly enjoyed studying every mental issue that I could possibly understand and Mm -hmm. You know, just to figure out how people work with what they have. Yeah. So, you know, going back to DID. So now everybody knows what that is. Going back to that. Well, we talked about this briefly a while back. And that is, um, this is how I can best explain DID. Is when I was a kid, I played in a softball game and we lost. And I pitched and I I didn't... (laughs) I told somebody after the game, I said, oh, no, we won. And I didn't know the difference because Ah. I was in a super different headspace from one to the other. Uh And And the one that you were in couldn't identify reality from the reality in the world from the reality you were experiencing. Exactly. It was too painful. It was too painful. I would be disappointing somebody. Wow. So you would actually leave the experience Mm -hmm. and something else would step forward that wouldn't have to experience it? Yes. Okay. Yes. And certain parts would start to just take over. Different, you know, voices Depending on the circumstances? Critical people in my life who were criticizing me, they would just, you know, it just, it was, it's because I, I... I, de- I created a false self to grow up in an environment in the suburban Midwest that it just wasn't right for me. And that's a part of it, too. It's just it wasn't the right environment, and that's okay. But I sort of created this self that could survive that was, you know, it was a really, really competitive high school. And, you know, I was eighth in my – or, no, I'm sorry, 11th in my class. Um, Whatever. And, that's still really close. Like class president. You know, just yeah. the whole, like, Tracy functioning. Oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, all over, all over. Yeah, but – So I just want to take another second just for everybody since we're on DID because this is such a huge part of your process your healing and the end the work that you do today mm-hmm. um, both the acting work uh, the artistry and also the volunteer work that I can't wait to start to share with people what you do who you are in the world um, but how I understand DID is that um, there oftentimes it is completely 100% based on long-term trauma 
mm-hmm. and that in order to be able to survive an environment, your brain sort of fragments itself mm-hmm. so that you start compartmentalizing certain circumstances and then parts of your per- personality handle those compartments. Does that sound accurate? It sounds absolutely accurate. I love studying people. <laughs> Because to me, I understand as a person who has survived a lot of trauma as well, I did not compartmentalize, but I definitely split. Yeah. So I think a lot more people do than think yeah. they do. <laughs> and it very, very interesting because when you're in the middle of it, sometimes you don't realize it. Well, most of the time you don't realize it, yeah. right? You're just surviving. Touche. Touche, pussycat. Um, so I want you to, now that we know that this is what one of the pieces in addition to that is bipolar disorder, right? Mm-hmm. Or And also anxiety. And borderline personality and borderline disorder. borderline personality disorder. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. So borderline personality. Were you also bipolar or did I switch it's those? It's both. It's both. So you are a magical creature, a multifaceted creature, a diamond. I have a lot of special skills. Yes, you have a lot of special <laughs> skills. You're incredible. You're an incredible artist. So you know that you've got this, you're in the city with it, but you have not necessarily been diagnosed with it, but you are existing with it. Mm-hmm. You're in your second time in the city. Yep. You booked a show after three weeks. You don't even know how to audition, <laughs> yeah. but you're just a natural well, genius. Well, I blacked out my tooth at the audition and my, di- that's how I got you blacked out your back. Yeah. Oh God, it was incredible. a little Abner. <laughs> well, that's really wonderful. Like that's character work. So way to go. And then did it catch up to you again in the second round? Yeah. So the second round, I thought I was doing better. And the part of me that was split said, oh, no, you're you're just fine. You're fine. Nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went off my anxiety medication cold turkey. <sighs> and I had Ooh. unsupervised. I had no idea. I just yes. stopped taking it because I... I I don't know. It just was maybe. You felt fine. I felt fine. And it was a lot of denial. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, going yeah. on. And I. I can relate. Had just been called in for the Maggie Val cover in the Chorus Line revival. And so uh, this is like a little known story. But, you know, we're in, in Ripley learning the combination and Biorkley is teaching it. And all I can say to myself is like, if I got this job, I can't take it. Why? Because I couldn't handle it. Emotionally. Emotionally. Uh And something underneath knew that. Now, that was a subconscious force that, like, I somewhat sabotaged the audition. Not crazy. Yeah. You don't have to sabotage much at a course line call to be not called back. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) But whatever. I mean, who knows what would have even happened. But I just remember my agent calling and being like, you didn't get the job. And I was like, that's my cue. I can go home. I can go home. Yeah. Did you go home and unravel? (laughs) I did go home and unravel. In fact, I remember talking to my therapist from a cab, my new therapist. I called my old therapist, the one after 9-11, and I said, do you have anyone female and young that you know of that can help me? And he said, no, but I have female and good. Okay. And I said, I'll take it. I'll take it. I spoke with her on the phone (laughs) on a Friday. Tuesday, I was in her office then starting four days a week, no, five days a week, outpatient um, being treated by her. Okay. And is that when you got sort of the, they they spread it all out and went, okay, Virginia, this is, these are all the spices Ooh. in this dish that are making up this dish right array. now. Yep. Uh-huh. Is that sort of where you started to actually look at the bigger picture and the littler pictures and well, how they all, that's actually, all the puzzle pieces? Couldn't, wasn't there. 
wasn't there, there yet. Was okay. way too sick. Thought people were following me, gotcha. sleeping on the couch, you know, okay. like 18 hours a day. Couldn't function, didn't know my own name. I was, you know, for lack of a better term, just like a banana sitting in the bowl. I mean, yep. just nope, <laughs> nope, not there. <laughs> why I think this is so special and why I want to thank you so much for this is just to think about how many people are so quiet and shameful about having these experiences, having breakdowns, having mental health issues. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really am so grateful that Alan even, you know, when I first spoke to Alan, who, um, you know, from the Broadway Podcast Network, I was like, look, I'm laying it out on the line with you. I have PTSD. You know, I've been working with it with some for some time. And it's the reason why I'm as cool as I am. And also the reason why I want to hold space for people to heal. And he was like, I mean, get in here, you know. And so I really love him for that. And I love this moment because if there's a world where someone could go, oh my God, that's exactly what is happening to me mm-hmm. or has happened to me, or I feel this coming. Mm-hmm. This is a great moment, Virginia. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Just and taking the shame off of it. Yeah. Because yeah. you're incredible. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And I think that the shame, somebody actually asked this um, on a forum that I'm on on Facebook and that was... Um, what do you do, you know, to be the most successful and to be able to address your mental health issues kind of out loud? And I was thinking, it's like, you have to find your spaces of belonging. You have to find your places. Where do I belong? Where am I fully accepted so that I don't feel shame? Because shame, you know, I grew up with my parents' credit cards until I was 25 and in an environment where, yeah, (laughs) I couldn't hold down a job. Like I couldn't, there was nothing, you know? And in an environment where, the stakes were so high for everything. Um, yeah, just very, very competitive. And I, I was made to feel ashamed of a lot of things that really you shouldn't be ashamed of. The truth is my brain probably didn't form correctly. Yeah. I don't know that for sure, but probably yeah. and or healthily. And um, I was thinking about this the other day. I thought, you know what? I really can con- take control of the shame factor. Because it's not your fault. And I exactly. think that that's the big thing um, about the work around this is I didn't choose to have PTSD. Mm -hmm. I didn't choose that. If I had a choice, I would not have put myself in certain circumstances to receive that, you know, um, or perpetuate it in any way. Yeah. So, but so the shame of choosing it or the shame of, um, and I think for somebody who does have a mental illness, like we could stay on the right side of the line, or at least, you know, when people will say like, how do you know you're crazy or not crazy? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, if I was crazy, I would not feel shame or guilt. I would not walk around, I think, going, oh, no, I messed that up. Oh, no. I wouldn't run back and be like, hey, did I mess that up? I want to apologize for that. I feel like I'm not on top of my game or, you know, I'm having a hard time. Like, I wouldn't care so much about the relationships I have if mm-hmm. I was quote unquote crazy, I do have to work with mental health issues. And so that might pepper it or season it. Mm-hmm. And then it'd have to be like, okay, do you really want to ask them if something happened? Or do you want to just assume that maybe they're having a bad day mm-hmm. and that it has nothing to do with you? Why don't you sit with that mm-hmm. for a second? You know, and that's where our mental health work is, right? Yeah. Is in the negotiating the emotions we have. I fell off track for a second. I started talking about myself. No, I hear you. Getting back to you. No. I think that I want to say that you are the, the world of being in a relationship with it without shame is, is the key. hundred percent, hundred percent finding those people on your team, That's really right. selecting those people. And, and that does involve 
getting rid of, you know, vibes that don't work for you. Right. And also eventually, you know, and this kind of comes full circle with the work that I'm doing. It's like when you're working with life or death situations, there just isn't time. Like there's no time to waste on drama. So you just made a great segue. Um, let's talk about um, the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And if you don't mind, can you just tell us how you found it? Yes. Because where we just left off mm-hmm. was that you were sort of like, okay, I'm going down. I'm going down the rabbit hole now. Yep. How did you get from the rabbit hole to what you're doing today. So I lived in Michigan for about seven and a half years. And then um, I had a friend from college be like, Ferd, you got to, I was just, you know, out of a very hard situation. And he was like, Ferd, you got to come down to Louisville and live down here. And so I moved down there. Um, I actually left without saying goodbye to my family. I needed a little, a lot of space (laughs) and time to, and a place to heal and recover. And that's when I heard my voice for the first time when I was 32, my real voice, my speaking voice that you can hear now. Can you tell us what that means? Because that's very poetic and Mm -hmm. I understand it. Mm -hmm. But for folks who maybe wouldn't understand what that means, does that mean that you were sort of outside looking? uh, Did you feel like somebody else was speaking and you could hear that other person? speaking or yes and I felt like I was in a movie and I didn't know which genre I was in (gasps) wow did it change genres all the time and I'd be (laughs) like well today's a romantic comedy (laughs) and no but then but the issue was I would like experience a situation I'd be like which one is it yeah I don't know know. Uh I don't know and that's like um that was a major identity issue just not knowing who you are erasing just you know, and I remember actually the night before the course line call, um, looking in the mirror and I could hear, you know, the guy on the, in the alley drunk below, you know, singing, I've been working on the railroad and I looked (laughs) in the mirror and all I could think was, I love you. And then I, I kind of said it to myself and then I like, I couldn't do it. It like came out like a little, you know, just like a little thing. And then I was like, there's, I want to disappear is all I thought. Wow. I want to disappear. Mm -hmm. And my body was a reflection of that. You know, I was shopping at Gap Kids. I was 24. Wow. No. Yeah, no. It's like not okay. Right. And there wasn't anybody and the industry didn't reflect that that wasn't okay? No, my agent told me I had to lose weight when I was a size, I call it like a, you know, a size four plus, but like a four. <laughs> oh, no. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And now it's like, no, forget that. Forget that. I refuse to leave myself and just go to somebody else's standards. And that's a backbone that has taken a long, long time and strategic just working yep. on strategically building the, the vertebrae, right? 100%. Um, With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The, um, what brought you back? So you said that you, you said that you heard your voice for the first time. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that moment? And can you describe it? And how did that bring you back here? I, well, I started listening. It was a process for sure. I started listening. I was doing a lot of self-help books. I was still in therapy continually. All, you said five times, four or five times a week? Uh, by this point, I was down to just like once or twice a week with nice. a different therapist in Louisville. Okay, okay, and great. this is, um, then... There was, after two and a half years of living in Louisville, there's a wonderful professional children's theater um, called Stage One, and they were doing a production of John Lennon and Me, and I got hired to play the perky nurse because I listened to myself to go back to the audition. And then the the second rehearsal, I was like, "What, what are you doing? Go back to New York. You love this. And I hadn't done it in so long. And then I realized it's all pent up. So right. I, that was January 5th, March 3rd, I moved 2017. And I still thought when I moved, my actor brain was 23. And I was like, I thought I was like, right for, you know, Olive and Spelling Bee, but I'm a lot more of a Rona Lisa Peretti. <laughs> but it's like amazing. on a good day, the Olive cover. <laughs> it's amazing how time changes. And yeah. so one day you wake up and you're like, whoa, yeah, I'm different now. So... How did you find your current, can I call it a calling? Yes, absolutely. Can you tell everybody what your calling is? My calling is creating spaces of belonging for people who are otherwise told that they cannot belong. And can you tell us what a great way to describe your calling? I would say same. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, How does your calling show up today in, in your in what you get to do in your career. Can you tell everybody about what you get to do? Yeah. Yeah. So when I moved back, I was kind of serial dating <laughs> like all over the bar scene and I don't even drink. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's like whatever, but, um, I, yeah, I, I realized, wow, can't even get to a third date and it's been like a year and a half and this is not productive. And I was assaulted twice and you know, the whole scene is just, the culture is very toxic. And I thought, well, this is a waste of time. So I said, what if I took all that time and money and energy that I was putting into nothing? Yeah. (laughs) And what if I, um, put that in a place where my heart was. And that's around the time that the family started getting separated. So when you say the family started getting separated, mm-hmm. when give us more information on that, please. Yes. So when the families at the border who have migrated North because they're running for f- um, fear of their lives, right? they were separated at the border as a punishment. As a punishment, right, for trying to survive. Yep. And when I read the words family separation on Facebook, I I jumped up, I threw up, and then I was like, there's no time. This is an emergency. Because I thought, you know what? If I had as many family issues as I did, and I had all the help in the world, and my parents, like, though they made 
hard, hard mistakes, what parent does, doesn't. And, um, you know, we had the resources to have the therapy. Like, what are these families going to do? Right. What are they going to do? So that's where I jumped into action um, in a variety of different ways, getting involved with different organizations. I went to LaGuardia one night um, because I had heard a tweet that there were migrant children being uh, trafficked essentially from Brownsville, Texas to LaGuardia at like 1130 on a Tuesday. And so I went to LaGuardia and I witnessed it and I saw them. Wow. Because they were going to the Cayuga Center. Well, also in my hometown of Grand Rapids, Michigan, they um, were being tested at Bethany Christian Services as a, that's where they put the tender age children five and under. And I do, I believe that those are test sites for something further to come. Okay. So wait, hold Sorry. on. No, that's okay. This is very important. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure because there's going to be some people who are going to just not really know what a test site is for further things to come. So I just want to go back a little bit because this is major. What you're saying is, is that you decided to become a volunteer to help immigrants Mm -hmm. get here safely. Is that correct? Yes. And to safe spaces. And to safe spaces. So that they can build lives. A hundred percent. That is your calling. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make sure everybody was clear that that is what you do. <clears throat> okay. So I'm deep in Cher. I, know I mean, you are. I don't realize what nope. I do is maybe not typical. Uh, no. And not only is it <laughs> not typical for I people forget. in general, but not for somebody who would call themselves a musical theater actress. Interesting. Okay. okay. We are fundamentally raised to sort of be self obsessed. Yep. Obsessed with our career, obsessed with our track, obsessed with our future, obsessed with with making it, you know. And so because of that, a lot of us will naturally just have mental health issues anyway because we're up ourselves. And we don't have an ability to to know what we're really like because we're engaging in other or engaging in things that don't have anything to do with us succeeding or failing. And and I put that in quotes, Mm -hmm. Um, but it becomes about a succeeding or failing, failing, succeeding as human beings and being in service to humanity. Um, It is what the arts is supposed to be to a certain extent, even if we're just watching a disco musical and we're just having fun, Mm -hmm. it is serving a purpose. Mm -hmm. But what you're saying right now is your existence in this world is you are a musical theater actress, but you're also in service to the humanity. And that is humanitarian. uh, You're a humanitarian and it's a hundred percent volunteer. You're not making a penny off of this, correct? No, I probably put way more money into it than I'll ever get back. But that's not, you know... And I can't sacrifice myself, but at the same time, like it's inevitable when you hang out with people who haven't eaten in years, like days, years, whatever, Whatever. they're hungry. They're hungry. Right. What am I going to tell them? No, we can't go to Dunkin' Donuts to get two for five. Right. Like I can't do it. So I want to ask two questions. One is, um, actually I have a few questions. The first thing I want to start with is a typical night where you get information Mm -hmm. that somebody's in is here or in Mm -hmm. trouble. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk us through what a pickup and what, I don't know, what is it? Is it a rescue mission? I mean, what would you call it? I call it it a rapid response operation. Rapid response operation. And sometimes there are multiple going on at one time. So I can sit at my desk. Well, basically we've formed a network and a community that creates safety nets for people who don't have safety nets. Is that Team TLC? Yes, this is Team TLC NYC. And so this is the organization that I uh, founded this past 
uh, June of 2019, and we started doing more rapid response, helping migrants who were traveling through various modes of transportation and helping with travel coordination and providing hot meals and um, a phone call if they needed it to make sure they could get where they needed to go. And then also we more or less, you know, helped support three young adult refugees between the ages of 22 and 25 um, who are here in New York City who don't have any family anywhere. And really, we've kind of formed our own family. And um, one has a blind special needs son. And so Mm. I've more or less adopted her. Adopted is not the right word. Although she that's kind of how she refers to it. But Uh, it's like having a daughter, a sister, and a friend all in one. And she's amazing. So. What do you think doing this work gave to you? Oh, my gosh. I need this work as much as anyone. It's healing. People just, like, get with it. The system's not working. The system's not working. The system's not working. (laughs) And there's a good reason because it means we need to take a look inside, and there's so much there. And I thought your comment was so interesting when you said, you know, Actors are, can be, you know, self-involved, self-involved. And I have, excuse me, no doubt about that. I'm self-involved. But I also, oh, totally. (laughs) That's a part of like getting to know yourself and getting to know how you function in the world and how you can be. But now I feel like I can put that productivity into a place where it, you see results, you see results. (laughs) <laughs> which is different than being an artist sometimes because yes. you put all the effort in and you don't see results. Yes. But what I was going to say is that you can be self-involved or however you want to call yeah. it. You can work on your career. I'm still doing my career. Yes. You were just in class with me. Yes. So it doesn't have to be one or the, one other, or the other and you don't have to right. take on the whole enchilada. And I so. think that this, so that's amazing. One, you can be in service to yourself and other at the same time. And you don't, it, you, the whole enchilada means you don't, it does not have to be at the sacrifice of self. Touche. It does not have to be at the sacrifice of self. You might have to figure out, because I know that that's something that I'm working on too, is figuring out the ba- the delicate balance between being in service to myself and being in service to other people. Yes. Not fantastic at it, but getting there. Yes. Um, but what you're saying is, is that like, there, it's no skin off a person's back to also volunteer or to be in service or to do things. It actually makes people better. It's healing. It helps. It takes your mind off. It gives you perspective. It empowers you and it empowers other people. It empowers you and it empowers other people. And when you do it strategically, what essentially these asylum seekers need are networks and social networks and um, people who will just stick their neck out and give them a reference or give them um, a ride to an appointment or send them diapers twice a month. Like, that's as little or as much as you can do. If you, you know, we need you no matter what. It's like, if you design websites, we need websites. Right. It's anything that you could do that could actually, and we'll make sure that you've got Team TLC NYC, Team TLC NYC.org. Dot org. Dot yeah. org. Um, we'll make sure everybody has the information for that as well. But it it's like it doesn't even matter who you're doing the work with. It's just doing the work, just doing it in whatever way you're able to do it has an impact on the greater good of the situation and the circumstances. It's the only way we're going to heal is from the inside out. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. And that's the only way I could heal. I tried to heal from the outside in. That was the first 18, 20, 30 years of my life. And it doesn't work. At least it didn't for me. What do you think worked the most? 
because to get diagnosed, right, you got DID, you got all the, you got the whole mishpucha, right, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Every, all the, all the, all the mental illnesses are here, present and accounted for. Oh, they're rearing their heads. They're rearing yeah. their heads. They're yeah. letting themselves known. And you're going, okay, I've got to negotiate with all of this. I'm doing this volunteer work and I'm also pursuing a, a career yeah. as an artist. In terms of your mental health, what have you found has been the best I don't want to say remedy, but it's how, how, what is the best way for you to negotiate those things and these things? Connection. Connction. Tell me everything. Um, Staying connected to. Yeah. Connection is the name of the game. Staying connected to who you are, staying connected to other people. Not isolating. Having perspectives. Yeah. Not isolating. Um, Building systems around yourself that support you when you fall in one direction. Well, I got that person, you know, that, that person is really for that. And yeah. Not that you just want to use people for certain qualities, well, but, no, like, but some people are like, sometimes oh, they're gonna, they're yeah, like okay, we're going to go my, see a movie and laugh. My life coach is, this is her department. Yes. Like she's the expert. I'm going to go to her, you know? Right. So looking also at those strategic things, you know, and this is something Jen Waldman is so big on and so incredible at is working strategically. Yeah. Smarter, not harder. Smarter, not harder. And that's how I think this work has come. And if I may go back to the full circle, you ask how I deal with an emergency. Yes. Um, I sit at my desk and use the network that I and we, really we, have put together Mm -hmm. to reach out and say, you know, on certain platforms, this is what's needed. Who can do it? So you're almost a delegator. I'm a, I'm a manager. And You're like manager. sometimes this was happening in different states across the country. Incredible. So you can build. But here's where I got my background is um, Beachbody. I was a Beachbody coach. And so I learned network marketing. Oh, and so you can network wow. market for the good. <gasps> and everything that the evil can oh do, like everything Hitler God. did. Well, if we can just find the opposite of that, let's <laughs> do it for goodness. Well, the fact that you understood the structure of Beachbody and understood that that is how you create network. Yep. And that you use that for good. I mean, what a great, we could use the entire theater community in that way. You know 100%, what I mean? hundred <laughs> percent. the structure works. Yeah. Um, and film community and television community. Um, yeah. I wanna, And ultimately, yes. I'd like to say that when it works best is when people have voices, people you're helping, people that are helping you, people that are involved in your network that, and Jen, you know, really, Jen Waldman talks about this a lot, but how do you bring people from your network into your community? Yes. How do you invite people in? How do you bring people along with you yep. and rise because you have to rise and learn from every situation? And how do you bring people along to help them rise within themselves? And that's what this work is about. Really. And I truly, and I love that you said that is because it, it is not for one, it's for all. <laughs> yeah. So like if you can rise with a community of people, all doing it together that's how we're able to actually make any kind of an impact yeah and this comes from my own being isolated I'm the black sheep of my family I adore them but like just you know don't fit in my brother's an attorney with my dad my other brother is in business and my sister's a teacher lovely amazing love it I came out shuffling off to Buffalo and everyone's like who the hell is this you know I've got one more question that I want to ask you which is when you are still having moments where you're working with your mental health yes, and 
the term I would use is when you get your hem caught on the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know if I'm ever saying her name right, but um, Pima Chodron um, is somebody that I listen to a lot. And the, the term that she uses is called Shen Pa, which is like, oh, God, my hem's caught. I'm getting stuck on something. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm getting emotional about something. Mm-hmm. Or I'm finding that I'm reverting back to an older self that I mm-hmm. thought I had resolved. As somebody who's working with their mental health, what are things for you that you would want to share with the community that great are great tools for you in those moments? Because those moments are real yeah. for everybody, whether you're working with mental health yep. issues, you're working with one, you're working with many, you're working yep. with a, yep. a, a partner who has mental health issues, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you do when you get your hem caught on the fence? When I get my hem caught on a fence, well, the good thing is therapy has taught me and life experience have taught me how to recognize the signs super early. Yeah. Whereas before things would be happening to me and I'd be creating a lot of destruction. It's like a tornado. Burning bridges. <laughs> it's like a tornado. Terry, oh, I was just- like, oh my gosh, I stole Diet Cokes from Target. I was like a mess, Sherry. <laughs> it was homegirl. That's the whole from asylum to asylum. It's like, it's just not... You know, so even uh, white girls from suburban Midwest have mental breakdowns because you know what? Life is hard. Life is hard. Life is hard. It doesn't matter where you're from. Now, many people are put at different advantages and that's absolutely no doubt. And we have to keep fighting that so that we can empower people that they can come back with their own voice. And my, my hope is that the organization team TLC NYC assist the families to get from point A to point B so they can have their voice and they can do all the things they want to do because that's the gift, right? That really is the beauty of America. And they're the first ones to tell me that. Isn't that wild? Oh, they would talk to me about the American dream. I mean, this <laughs> these are the people you want in the country. I'm sorry. No like, sorry to get political, but man, oof, no, sorry, not sorry. I want to ask about From Asylum to Asylum for our final thought. Yes. Um, that is the name of your show, your one-woman show. Yes. Um, and I think if I'm correct, it's really meant from like mental asylum and everything that is related to that to actually safe asylum and... Yep. And the meaning of asylum with someone who's seeking a safe, a safe uh, haven. Yep. Can you tell everybody what your hopes and dreams for the show are? Yes, my hopes and dreams for the show. I mean, in the best case scenario, and I don't, I don't, I'm going to say this. It sets the bar kind of high, yeah. but I'm going to say it. I no. mean, the way that I envision it is like. Bridget Everett meets Brene Brown meets David Sedaris meets what's the constitution, what the constitution means to me. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a smattering because those were all the people I was in a lot of different ways and a lot of the voices <laughs> that I kind of had in my head. So are, are not dissimilar from these people. Totally, totally. <laughs> how you depict a story. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, artists and speakers really do think that way. Um, to answer your question, the show helps translate aspects of mental health that should be examined and at the same time uses hope and humility and humanity to like explore this because it's like, I don't have shame about it anymore. And I don't, I feel super solid in talking about it. And this needs to be told from a creative perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And thank you for saying that because, you know, I've done four one woman shows and they've all been about my PTSD. And the first couple of them were before I was even diagnosed. It was just like, okay, everybody, this is what I think the inside of my noodle looks like. It's a little (laughs) crazy in here, but I'm going to make art out of it. And everybody was always like, oh my God, Sherry, that's brilliant. And I've never heard anybody talk about like that. And that's really also like some people would even say, you know, it, it airs on people would always be like, I'm concerned because I don't want you to air dirty laundry. And that is something that to me was always a concern that people had about me speaking about mental health. Is there's a stigma around making art about mental health and using your mental health issues to make art. It was always like, don't air your dirty laundry. You're a genius and this is amazing and I love the show and I would totally produce it, but careful of airing your dirty laundry. And so to me, it's like, as long as we are making, that we are creative with it and skillful with it Mm -hmm. and that it isn't just a two hour show of me going pay attention to me Mm -hmm. but instead look at the great art and healing I make out of the components of myself Mm -hmm. and all the great artists that struggled with mental illness to be able to say this is what DID looks like and this is how it this is how I heal it yeah is the kind of art that I want to throw my dollars at and so to me, it's like, I'm going to keep making art about my PTSD. I mean, because the, it, of how many people said, Sherry, me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> me too. Mm-hmm. Too many people said it. Yep. And too many people have responded in that way for me to go. Oh, yep. I can't have my dirty laundry. As long as I'm making great art out of it. And it moves. percent. <laughs> you know, I don't think I learned how to act really until I'd been through therapy because I couldn't, yep. I couldn't get in touch with myself. I was well, it's too how scared. Honest. Yeah. It's how honest am I being with what's happening right now? Yeah. The last fun thing that I want to, that I want to share about it is that my therapist, um, my, the next show I think I'm going to have is my therapist is asking me to take all of the different components of my personality and sort of put them out on a couch together and have them go. So when you do this, <laughs> It's no good for me because this happens. So she's like, I want you to start like creating characters of the people inside of you and have them start getting to know each other because they've all been just sort of surviving on their own. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, oh, that could make some good theater, man. Bringing them out into the open. Bringing them out in the open I mean, and not get, living making with them the monster funny. in the closet. Yeah. Like, just go turn on the light just for like a hot second. Just to see. It's and not going to be the end of the world. Like, and it's going to be the beginning. Exactly. Actually. Thank became- you. And you know what? That's, that's exactly what it is, Sherry. It's our, we, it dep- our survival depends on this right now. I agree. But that's why it shows like a strange loop who yeah. I hope you get to see. Um, but that's a show that actually just does it all. Yeah. I mean, talking about airing dirty laundry, it's everything that the black queer yeah. religious community has ever ha- kept quiet is all now completely out in the open. And I'm like, we need this as a society to heal. Mm -hmm. Can you please just tell us the website again, where everybody could find you and the unbelievable work you're doing. And if anybody wants to come and share in the goodness that you give to the world across the board, where can they find you? They can find me at www.itsvirginiachild.com. Child, C-H-I-L-D, like one child. Only one child. Only magical one child. child. Magical child. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. But, and then um, the site for our organization is team, T-E-A-M, like Mary, T-L-C, like tender love and care, N-Y-C, like New York City at, oh, I'm sorry, dot org. So team, <laughs> T-L-C, N-Y-C, dot org. Virginia. And I just wanted to say, please feel free to get in touch 
This is all getting out into the open, and you are not alone. Hallelujah and amen. Thanks for coming to Cause and Effect, and I really appreciate you, Virginia. See you soon. Bye, everybody. Hey, everybody. It's Sherry Sanders. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause and Effect. Cause and Effect is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Kyle Moore, and music by Courtney Bassett and Andrew Swackhammer of Starbird and the Phoenix. Special thanks to Stephen Farizee. Thank you. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you stream. You should also follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Rock the Audition. And to learn more, visit bpn.fm backslash cause and effect. Peace. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.